Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. Good evening, everyone. Welcome here. Welcome to those of you watching online. I feel the Holy Spirit so present. You feel that? Thank you, Spirit, for being with us. So today is Ash Wednesday, the day that begins the season of Lent. And Lent is a season that's defined by prayer, defined by repentance and fasting. But it ends with a big celebration. It ends with Easter, when Jesus, our Savior, our King of glory, he rose from the dead. And we're privileged, we're so privileged to live at this time in history because we know the end of the story. We know that Jesus is alive. We know that he has redeemed us. And observing this Lenten season can really make Easter all the more joyous. When we participate in Lent, it gives us a deeper appreciation for Easter. Now, I grew up not being very familiar with Ash Wednesday or this season of Lent. Um, The church that I went to, there was more of a focus on Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday, But I remember way back in the ninth grade in freshman science class one morning, uh, there was a guy in my class named Kevin, and he walked into class that morning and he had something on his forehead. And I thought, well, he doesn't usually get in a fight with a Sharpie marker, but that's kind of what it looked like. And I was trying not to stare too much and just figure out what it was, but I noticed that it was in the shape of a cross. And he actually started talking about it a little bit as we were sitting in our desks. And he explained that that day was Ash Wednesday and that those were ashes on his forehead. And as you've come here tonight or as you're watching online, you might be like my friend Kevin. You might be very familiar with this season. Or you might be more like I was, where it isn't very familiar to you. And so I'd like us all just to take a few minutes to look at the significance of Lent and its history. So Christian scholars believe that by the end of the 4th century, Lent was a regular practice among Christians, where they would usually eat only one meal per day, And they would eliminate foods such as meat and fish, eggs and butter. And they did that for 40 days. And the purpose of going without these meals and these certain types of food was to instead use that time and that focus to pray to God. So there are 40 days in this season of Lent, and they represent the 40 days that Jesus himself fasted in the wilderness. Now, some start their season of fasting today on Ash Wednesday, and if you do that, if you do the math, it's actually 46 days till Easter right now, but if you start today, it's common to to take a reprieve on all those Sundays 
and that will give you 40 days. And VCDC has decided to begin fasting this Monday, which is exactly 40 days before Easter Sunday. Now, whether you start today or you start on Monday, sorry, my microphone's coming off a bit. Either way, either way, whenever you start, it's a special thing. It doesn't matter when you start because we are unified with people all over the world celebrating this season together, practicing it together, because this is a, a Christian practice. It's not limited to certain churches or certain denominations. So traditionally, on this day, many churches hold a special service. Give me just a minute. I'm going to get this back on here. Thank you. It's a day for a special service. And VCDC has been participating in this service for the past several years. Now, this year, we're unable to administer the ashes to everyone. And that's just because we're trying to play it safe with this pandemic, and we don't want to pass things along to one another. So usually our pastors will line the sanctuary, and we can come up to them and receive the ashes. And they will say words to us like this, from dust you came, and to dust you will return. And many times those ashes are actually the burned palm branches from the previous Easter. Those are those ashes that are put on our foreheads. And there's nothing, you know, magical or super spiritual about this. It's just simply a reminder that we are created from dust. We're going to return to it. And it's a reminder that we need Jesus. It's a reminder of that. So why the ashes? Why do we do this? We can read in the second chapter of Genesis these words. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And then in the next chapter of Genesis, it says, By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. The ashes remind us that we're human, they're a reminder of our sinful nature ever since our first parents, Adam and Eve, sinned in the garden. And the ashes are a reminder that we need to regularly ask God's forgiveness. Because as Romans tells us, the book of Romans, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We sin every day. We mess up. We need to ask forgiveness of God. Now, I'd like to ask one of my sons, Luke, to come up. He agreed ahead of time to help me. Um, because I know we can't receive the ashes individually, but I thought it would be nice to just kind of do it all together in spirit and to, to remember what it looks like. And as I'm administering the ashes to Luke, I just invite you, if you feel comfortable, to just... Kind of picture yourself in that too and participate in spirit with us. So I have these ashes and I say, Luke, from dust you came and to dust you will return.
And I say it to all of us here. From dust you came, and to dust you will return. We just remember that we need you, Jesus. We remember that. Thank you, Luke. (laughs) I wish I could do that with all of you and hug all of you. So I want to look a little deeper at both repentance and fasting, because those are two of the main components of Lent, and two components that are actually seen all throughout throughout the Bible. So let's take a look at repentance first. Repentance is simply noticing our sin, asking for God's forgiveness, and then turning away from that sin. It's actually like we're, we're walking in our sin, we realize our need for God, that this is not a good way to be going, and we do a complete 180, and we start walking toward God and what he has for us. And in the Old Testament times, it was even common to sit in ashes as a sign of repentance. Speaking of ashes tonight... And we read that the Israelites did this, that godly men like Job and Daniel did this. And we read multiple times that King David repented. He repented for his sins. And as we repent tonight, we are saying in the words of David, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Make us clean, God. That's what we're asking. And we read in the Bible that it is good to confess our sins, that when we do it, it's a great thing to acknowledge it. We're saved, we're forgiven, because God knows our sins anyway. And I find great comfort for myself personally when I read these words in Proverbs, where it says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. We find mercy when we ask for forgiveness. God is generous to do that. So that is repentance. And now let's look at fasting. So Christian biblical fasting is the act of choosing to abstain from food or a regularly enjoyed activity to focus on a period of spiritual growth that deepens our relationship with God. The idea is to move the focus away from your body and toward your faith in God. And Jesus himself, we just said earlier, he fasted for 40 whole days, spending time alone with God, In the early church, they fasted when they had important decisions to make. We can do that too. Fasting really is a form of worship, of honoring God. Jesus also believed that fasting was really important. So in his famous Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught about fasting right alongside prayer. And he said this, that when you fast... Do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. 
Now, I find it interesting that Jesus doesn't say, well, if you fast, if you get around to it, if you feel up to it, but he does say when you fast, and he says it twice there. So it must mean he expected that we would fast, and why would Jesus have expected that? Why? And I believe that question really points to Jesus' heart. For Lent. Because you see, Jesus doesn't expect us to fast because he just wants us to suffer. He wants us to be miserable. He doesn't do that. And for some of you, I recognize that Lent might bring up some baggage in your life. Maybe there was a church leader who told you you had to fast if you wanted to receive God's love. But nowhere in the Bible does it say that fasting is a requirement. I mean, if you never, ever fasted a second in your life, God would love you the same as someone who makes it a regular practice. He would. God doesn't ask us to fast as a way to earn forgiveness or earn his love. But Jesus does teach us to fast Because he knows it's good for us. He wants our good. And we just read what Jesus promises about fasting. There in Matthew, he said, And your father, he's talking about God, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. He will reward you. And that word reward comes from the Greek word apodidomi. I was wondering if I would pronounce that right. Um, But it means to give back, to return, to restore. And when we give up something with the intent of focusing on God, he gives back to us. He restores our souls. Although it can be really hard to fast, and it's not something we look forward to or would really choose to do, he meets us in it. He makes it all worth it. He meets with us in the deep parts of our being. Now, I think we can learn something from this picture I want to show on the screen. Now, I know that's a super deep and super spiritual picture, right? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But this is Jimmy Fallon. He hosts The Tonight Show on TV. He's pictured here with one of his guests. And on one of the episodes, they put on these suits that were completely made out of Velcro. They set a clock, and during that time, they would over and over pick up a Velcro ball, throw it at the other person, and see how many they could get to stick. And I think Jimmy barely eked out a win here, it looks like. Now, I know that this is a funny, a silly game. But I think it actually gives us a really good picture. Because as we walk through life day after day, a lot of things come our way, don't they? A lot of things. We're affected by them. Things stick to us, so to speak. So maybe a close friend of yours or your mom or your brother has been diagnosed with cancer that can really stick to you. Or maybe you have a really, really heavy decision to make. It's weighing very heavy on you. 
that can really stick. Or we all over this past year have had many of our schedules just turned upside down. The ways we've had to adjust really are affecting us. That can stick to us. And you know, the good things can stick to us too. Things maybe we make too much of a priority out of that we enjoy, that we get too much satisfaction out of, when we get identity out of our job or our schoolwork, or what entertainment we can participate in or eat or drink. We look too much to those good things. And before we know it, we've got one Velcro ball after another stuck to our Velcro suits, and our attention is drawn to them. And our eyes are on all those things instead of on Jesus. And that's where I believe we get to the real heart of this Lent season, because I think this is what we can boil Lent down to. It is just simply returning our eyes to Jesus. That's all it is. Looking back to him where our eyes have gotten off. And I believe Jesus has a really beautiful and gentle picture for us tonight. I believe he's holding each of our faces. And I believe where our eyes have gotten off to the Velcro ball flying through the air over here, or the Velcro ball on our, on our, stuck to our suits, I believe he's holding each of our faces, and he's just gently, gently pulling our faces up to look at him. Lovingly doing that. Because we need our eyes put back on Jesus. And I love his words in the message version of Matthew, where he says, Are you tired? Are you worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's what Jesus promises. Jesus says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. When Jesus teaches us to repent and to fast, it is not to be a heavy burden. He doesn't want to shame us. He doesn't want us to strive. It's actually quite the opposite. Repenting and fasting are invitations for us to experience closeness with God, freedom with him, unity with him. It's a way to turn our eyes back to Jesus, to look at him. So I just want to ask you tonight, how is Jesus inviting you to repent? How is Jesus inviting you to fast? I encourage you to ask him those specific questions because as humans, it's so easy for us to get caught up in what everybody else is doing and to compare. Um, maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you've heard a friend say what they're going to do during Lent 
And then it like throws you all, all off and you're like, oh gosh, I wasn't doing anything that holy. I better up my game here. And that's not the heart of Lent. It's what Jesus is inviting you to. Because it's easy in our human eyes to look at one way of fasting as being way better than another. As one being bigger and one being smaller. But it's not that in the economy of God at all. The thing for you to do is what Jesus is speaking you to do. So when it comes to fasting, I just wanted to share real quick some ideas. They're going to be on the screen because sometimes it helps as we're praying and asking the Lord just to get some ideas. You can fast from social media, coffee, maybe one meal per day, or maybe more than that. Video games and TV, sweets or sugar, shopping, extracurricular activities. And maybe when you see those, it's kind of like a dagger to the heart. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, I can't give up that. But what he's calling you to do, he will give you the strength to do. He will. And as we're fasting or taking something away, you can also consider adding something in because adding something in really can help you focus more on God. So here are some ideas for that. There's Bible reading and prayer. And I encourage you, we have these wonderful booklets out in the lobby that, that hold a daily prayer plan, a daily Bible reading plan, and just some other good things about fasting and prayer. I encourage you to pick one of those up as a really nice resource. You can sing worship songs, maybe in your car or at home. Join a small group. Giving time or money where you maybe wouldn't normally. Serving. You can sign up to serve here at the church or serve in your community. Sharing your faith intentionally. Asking God to show you people to tell more about Jesus. We also are holding every Friday night during Lent these one-hour services where we are focusing on the Lord in worship and prayer, and you can add those into your routine. Now, as we're coming close to the end, I would just like to take a look at these two things we've talked about, repentance and fasting, and I'd like us to do a couple activities together, just to have these soak in, really listen to the Lord. So as I've been talking tonight, specifically with this area of repentance, let's start there. As I've been talking, maybe you felt these thoughts come to your mind. Well, I know I need to repent in this area. That could be the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Maybe you're not sure what you need to repent of right now. But I would like to take a moment to just still ourselves, to be quiet, and us individually ask the Lord, what are you inviting me to repent of? Where have my eyes gotten off of you, Jesus? And when you're ready, you can ask for his forgiveness in that. 
So let's just do that right now. We're going to do that and then go into a time of communion together, preparing our hearts. So Holy Spirit, you are so welcome here. I thank you for your mercy. Would you just highlight to us places, maybe in just the busyness of our days, we have not recognized where we've not been looking to you, Jesus. Would you show us those ways, please? We want to be close to you. Come, Holy Spirit. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.